You're listening to the Conk's Brain Podcast, and I'm your host, Deidre Conkey. I'm on a mission to talk about all the things. Mental health, living with ADHD and anxiety, physical limitations, cultural bias, societal expectations, manatees, and all the tabs that are open in my brain. So let's dive in and figure the hard shit out together. Why, hello there. I have been wanting to record this episode for a while. However, I got struck down by a cold and was coughing so bad I could barely speak. And of course, now that I'm here doing a podcast, it's probably going to strike again because I'm still having some issues with coughing. However, I want to talk with you about something that has been on my mind a lot lately, um, and that is toxic positivity. And the psychology group defines toxic positivity as the overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state that results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. They go on to say, we define toxic positivity as the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. And I really like that focus on the authentic human emotional experience. Because here's the thing, yes, being too negative, constantly focusing on the negative is not healthy for you. It it doesn't help you to move forward or to continue to grow. Um, and you're probably going to hear tingling in the background because... And maybe a mighty pug snore because my dog is over there sleeping. And I just didn't have the heart to kick her out because she looks so comfy. (laughs) And my cat is screaming in the background over there. I imagine this is a tiny bit what it's like to have human children. Probably not. Probably nothing like that. But anyway, I digress. Um, Negativity, like I was saying, is not good whenever it's your your focus when you're constantly looking at things as you know why me and the universe sucks and you know um just all of the darkness it's it's really not good for your psyche to always focus on that however there is the flip side to that and that is this toxic positivity and i personally have noticed a lot of that going around these days in some of the social circles that I'm on in social media. Um, and thank goodness, not so much with, you know, um, my in real life friend groups. Um, however, toxic positivity, here is a, a good example, is when you have a legitimate concern you're venting about something that you're upset about and not venting to just vent or to rage or, you know, to flood the room with all of this negativity, but to process your emotions, to get out what you're feeling. And then somebody else counters with you with, you know, this very saccharine, well, 
I always like to look on the positive side. Let's not be a negative Nelly. And I use that saccharine, you know, sarcastic state of voice because the thing is what you're doing without maybe realizing it is that you are invalidating the other person who is expressing a very real, very normal human emotion. You are saying to them, now let's stuff all that sadness down inside. Let's push it in there real deep, just like a tamper, you know? Um, the th- <laughs> How they, they shove um, gunpowder, you know, tamp it down to create an explosion. And it's exactly the same thing. When we tell people to put their emotions real deep down inside of them, that's never... It's never a healthy thing. We are human beings. And we, I mean, the human language has, it's the human language, the English language has so many different words for emotions. I mean, there's, think about it. There's, there's joy and sadness and anger and elation and and jubilation and rage and jealousy and just so many different emotions, both positive and negative, and they all make up our humanity. They're, they're part of who we are. And it, life isn't about learning to not feel your feelings. It's about learning to process your feelings so that they do not control you, so that they do not hold you back or or keep you in a state that stops you pro- from progressing forward. And this toxic positivity is this fixation on only feeling positive things. Now, I personally do not have an issue with, um, you know, all of the, excuse me, <clears throat> there's that silly cough. Um, I do not personally have an issue with all of the, I guess you want to call them graphics and things on social media that say, you know, positive vibes um, or, you know, positive vibes only. I do have a problem when people take that as their sole mantra. There's positive vibes only up in here. And then they shut down literally anything else that does not match match that it's it's like they blast you with a sunshine enema and it is very disconcerting because what happens is people begin to feel as if they cannot share other emotions and they do begin to shove those down inside of themselves and there's oftentimes a lot of very real resentment i mean it feels a lot like being slapped in the face or punched in the gut when we are sharing with someone when we are expressing our feelings only to have them delegitimized to have someone else say now you shouldn't be feeling those things the only things you should be feeling are good things. And I cannot stress it enough. That's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And yes, I understand that there is a big difference between constantly spewing 
bile and negativity. Walking into a room and people dread seeing you there because they know it's like you're towing this black cloud behind you and it's it just going to vomit all of the, the anger and rage and the worst emotions. And if you do find yourself constantly in that state, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. I would wager to guess you might be emotionally constipated. And I'm not saying that as a funny joke. Oh, ha ha, she said something about poop. No, I mean, really, honestly, if you did not know this, the human body has to shit. That's true. It has to be pushed out of your body because there are some very real and negative health repercussions when you do not pass the waste from your body. This is why they're selling probiotics. This is why um, they're selling prebiotics and fiber and all of these other things to help regulate because the average American is all backed up because we do not have um, enough of those things naturally occurring in our diet. And the emotions, bear with me here, are the same way. When you do not allow yourself to process the things that you are feeling and to in turn let those move through, you're going to get backed up and it is going to make you feel angry and frustrated and it is going to color your perceptions of all of your experiences. So it has been the thing that I have found through therapy, through a lot of amazing books that I'm reading, through um, Instagram accounts I follow, through really letting myself to explore this idea of feelings is that we do. We need to feel them, process them, and let them go. And emotions only have power over us when we allow the situations that created those emotions to take up free rent in our head. There are people in my life who have hurt me, who have wounded me incredibly deeply and caused a lot of trauma. And I'm sure that there are people who have done the same thing to you. That there are situations in your life that have been devastating and have caused a lot of anguish and pain and anger and frustration and just a whole ball of the shit that's backed up inside of you. And the thing is, yes, yes, those situations sucked. I'm sure they did. And sometimes more than sucked. They were awful. They were truly devastating or those people have done something terrible to you. But the thing that you must realize is that that's on them. They are a person who did something wrong. It does not change your intrinsic value as a human being. It does not make you less worthy. And the more time that you allow those experiences to sit inside of you and hold you, 
the more power you are giving to that person, that event, the thing that hurt or traumatized you in the first place. And don't misunderstand. This is not about forgiving. This is not even about forgetting. This is about saying, you have no power over me. And yes, that is way, way, way easier said than done. It might take some serious therapy. It might take some time in a rage room and therapy. It might take your spirituality. It's going to take a lot of things. It's not an easy thing to do. But I always think of the movie The Labyrinth. And if you've never seen it, you should totally check it out. Um, it had David Bowie as Jareth and, and he, uh, you know, kidnaps Sarah's baby brother and she has to go through the labyrinth to find him. And she had been reading a book, The Labyrinth, and this, you know, kind of fantasy world was brought to life in her head. And um, spoiler alert if you've never seen it, but... <laughs> Um, at the end, you know, she's standing there talking to to Jareth, the Goblin King, um, and, and she says, you know, I can never remember the last line of the book. And then it dawns on her. You have no power over me. That simple. You have no power over me. And when that realization hits her, the whole world that the Goblin King has created begins to crumble because... Yes, you have every right to feel hurt or angry or any of the things that you are feeling about the situations that have caused all this trauma and the pain, the people that have caused all the trauma and this pain in your life. However, the more time that you invest in having those people in your head and going over these events in your head, the more power you are giving to that person. And again, can't emphasize this enough. You're not the problem. You're not the person who traumatized you. You're not the person who put yourself in that situation. <clears throat> You're not the one that you should be blaming for that. And that's what you're really doing when you give someone else power. You you are saying that that what they did or who they are or who they continue to be in your life is more important than your peace. It is more important than healing. It is more important than you. And that's just not true. You are the most important. You and that is not a selfish statement to make. It simply isn't. We we have overused the word selfish in our society to the point that it really pisses me off. There is some of that, oh, you can't, just positive vibes. No, no, it pisses me off that we as a society, um, you know what, I totally just had that moment where you brain fart in the middle of a really, really great thought. If you're listening to this, you can say, where is somebody to tell me what the hell I was just talking about? Do you ever have those moments? Oh, but anyway, I, I know that what I was saying is that um, it, it really pisses me off this idea that we have to 
blame ourselves for stuff. Oh, I know where I was going with that. Selfishness. See, I found it again. This is what happens. I think it's, you know, between having a hysterectomy and the wrong hormones and having the ADHD and having the anxiety and having all the stuff. This is what happens sometimes. Your brain, it just derails. And I found it again. Selfishness. That's what pisses me off. We have overused the word selfishness. We we attach selfish to everything like it's it's a an insult. It's a a dig. It's a slap in the face. It's a punch in the gut. We use the word selfish to diminish someone else to say, you know, you do not deserve to think about yourself. And yes, there are situations, there again, where there are extremes. And the word selfish really does apply. It's like a person in my life growing up who would, you know, eat all the frickin' snack cakes. My God, they didn't need them. I I got a job, my first job when I was 16 years old. And no, yeah, well, it was 14 when I got my first job reffing at the YMCA, but my, my first job job, I was 16. And I was so excited because I could finally afford to buy my own damn snacky cakes. And um, I put them in the kitchen and I was like, yeah, now I'm going to have some snack cakes to eat. And then I come home and you know what? They're freaking gone. They're freaking gone because someone ate them. And I was like, what the hell? Of course, I couldn't say what the hell to them because that would have been grounded for six years. But it's like, hey, what the heck happened to my snack cakes, dude? And they had the audacity to say to me that, well, my kitchen, my snack cakes, that, that, (laughs) that is selfish. That is actually bordering a narcissistic. And that, that is not what I'm talking about. That, that is not, you know, the wrong context to use the word selfish in. What is the wrong context to use the word selfish in is when we are talking about taking care of yourself, doing what's best for you, putting your needs first. And, you know, there have been, it, it affects a lot of people, but women, I'm a woman, so I'm I'm going to go with this perspective because it's, it's true. There are studies to show this stuff, but the thing is women especially are really clocked in the face with this whole, well, that's just selfish. You should be putting other people first. Do do things to take care of others. And when you've taken care of every single person, if there is time, then you can take care of yourself. You can have five minutes for yourself, hon. It'll be great. And that's, no, no. You are absolutely 197% worthy of your own time. You are worthy of having your own needs met first. I was actually having this conversation with a very dear human the other day um, that when you think of it like the old kerosene lamps, um, because some people love to light others, you know, they love to share that joy and a very 
positive kind of positivity with other people. They like to help. They they like to bolster others. And that that's amazing. I love to share and care too. It's part of the reason to do a podcast. Um, but when you are lighting other people's flames with your with your lamp, you know, you're going through the dark, you got this lamp and you're reaching out and you're lighting other people's lamps. The thing is that fire is burning in that lamp because of the kerosene. The wick is soaked in kerosene and there is a well at the bottom of the lamp that holds the kerosene and that is what provides the flame. And how the hell are you going to light all these other people's lamps if you ain't got no kerosene left? You can't is the answer. So you absolutely have to meet your own needs first. And that's not selfish. That's self-preservation. That's understanding your intrinsic worth and your intrinsic value. And part of being able to have those things and hold those things, that value, that worth, that knowing that you are valuable is feeling your feelings, processing your feelings and shoving those traumatic experiences and those people who have fucked you up, just shoving them to the curb and saying, you'd get free rent in my brain, no more. You get free rent in my heart, no more. You, you have no power on over me. None. Zero. Get the hell out. And yes, like I said, that's not an easy thing to do. For me, it's taken shit tons of therapy, shit tons of self-help groups, and some amazing people in my life. Sometimes I even find myself standing in front of the mirror, looking myself in the face so that I know that I'm serious. You know, you make eye contact, you stare at someone to let them know you're serious. Stare at yourself. Think of that person that you have been giving all of your time, letting that that thing eat away at you because it is, it is hurtful. But you know what? Look at them in your mind's eye. Hell, you can even look at them square in the actual eyeballs and tell them this. If that is what you need to do. But say to them, I'm a good person. I am a worthy person. I am a beautiful person. And what you did to me, maybe what you continue to do to me, is not okay. I'm done. You have no place in my head or my heart and I am throwing you out. I don't forgive you. I'm not forgetting. I'm telling you that I'm not giving you one more second of my time because you have no power over me. So yeah, it's totally natural and normal to have a gamut of emotions and allowing those to process, to move through you 
just like the shit. Hey, if you're backed up, check out some probiotics. Check out some fiber. Eat some more fruits and vegetables. But emotionally do the same thing, you know? Work on processing that shit and pushing it through so that you don't feel so heavy. But on the other hand, also know that it's totally normal to have feelings, to have emotions, to get angry, to have negative feelings. And part, part of pushing those things through, part of processing them so that you can then move on with your life is to have a safe space in which you can talk about those things, to have a place where you can talk to people to share that because what you're really doing is looking for human connection. You're looking to someone else to acknowledge and say, yeah, that's fucked up. I'm sorry that that happened. I'm sorry that you're going through this. I'm here. I'm here if you need to get this off of your chest so that you can move on. That is the appropriate response, not... Don't be a negative Nelly. We've got to be positive. I always like to look on the bright side. And that's another thing that that statement is doing is shame. You are shaming another person for having emotions. I mean, you know, I always like to look on the bright side. That is a very, very condescending statement to make in the situation where someone else is expressing real human emotion to you. Now, if in a totally different context, you're just saying, you know, I always like to look on the bright side. That's great. That is so great. I mean, one of my favorite books is is um, Chasing the Bright Side by Jess Ekstrom. So that, you know, that's fine. But when somebody else comes to you and expresses their feelings when they are hurt or upset That is not the appropriate time to say, I always like to look on the bright side. I mean, it is. It is is shaming them for having an emotion. It is like reaching out to them and saying, well, if you were a good person, then you wouldn't have these feelings at all. Now, would you? Even if that's not what you mean to say, that's what it feels like when someone comes to you and expresses this. And even if you don't know what to say, Even if you're not sure what to say, listening, listening is always a good answer. You know, say again, you know, hey, I'm so sorry that that you're going through this. You know, I will help you to the best of my ability to process this. I will I will sit here and I will listen. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. And let's what can I do to help you process this really shitty situation? What can I do to help you get through this? Because collectively, um, and I I believe it was the book, um, A Tribe Called Bliss, uh, I think Lori Harder wrote this, Um, but she was talking about the idea of bitching or venting for a reason, you know, versus just doing it to do it. Like constantly sitting around and just having a festival of griping and complaining and moaning with no end is not healthy for you. But there are times when we need to express those negative feelings 
um, with someone else to come to a constructive end. It's like, okay, we're going to bitch for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes if it's a really bad day. We are going to gripe to get it all out and then we're going to arrive at a solution. We're going to arrive at a place where we can constructively figure out how to move past this place to help ourselves, to help someone else, to help us reach a place where we are feeling that sigh of relief, that catharsis. And that is an appropriate way to to vent your negativity. Again, a therapist can be a great place to do this. I know that the, I know that there are a lot of conversations right now around the cost of therapy um, because there are a lot more people who are wanting to be part of it. And I get it. I get it. It can be difficult. Insurance is stupid. And especially if you don't have insurance. Um, I know that there are online platforms like BetterHelp. Um, it used to be, I think, that you could get some financial help with BetterHelp. I don't know if you still can. Um, that's an episode for another day. We can, we can talk about mental health services and where to find them and the lack of it. I can use my English degree for something good and go find some resources for you. Um, but yeah, all of this is just to say, don't be that person. Don't be the person that when someone comes to you with a genuine human emotion, you immediately snap back with positive vibes only. And and here's the thing. Yes, you are allowed to also protect yourself. So if you are in a place where you are not able to listen to this person venting, if you are creating boundaries for yourself because you have your own raw wounds or you have things that you can't handle, then you need to be honest about that. Um, so if a person comes to you and starts venting, you don't have to be like, Linda, listen, Linda, shut the hell up. I mean, that's no, that's that's really not the way to go about it either. But you can say I am sorry that this is happening to you right now, but I really am not in a place where I can help you. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, it can simply be as that, you know, I, I'm not in a place where I can help you at this time. And if it's if it's a situation where you really care about the person or, you know, you want to go further, you can suggest some resources for them. You know, venting is a really healthy thing to do. Um, you know, I've found and tell them what you found helpful, you know, when you don't have someone to listen to you, like writing in a journal. I know that sounds stupid, but seriously, write it down and set it on fire. I find that that feels fantastic. You can also say, hey, Here's a group of people that you can go talk to or, you know, recommendations, come up with ideas. Um, but but my, my point is that, yes, you are allowed to have boundaries to protect yourself and you do not have to listen to someone vent if that is not something that you can emotionally handle at the moment. If that is something that you don't have space for and you have the right to tell someone else that you are not emotionally available for that. However, when you do it, like I said, you don't need you don't shut them down by, you know, I always like to be positive and and um, just be honest. 
be honest. Honesty is always important. Here's the thing. My husband is very good <laughs> with me and um I like to say that that most most times I emphasize most because we have our moments too. We're human. Um but most times we are good communicators. We do a good job communicating with one another. And whenever I react badly to a situation or there is something about me that is bothering him he'll tell me you know he'll tell me hey that was kind of a shitty thing to do or um you took that a little too personally and you were kind of hateful to this uh, to someone else you know um calling me out on my bullshit and yeah it sucks it hurts i don't like it <laughs> I do. No, sir. I don't like it. I don't like being told when I've done something hurtful. I don't like being told that I'm upsetting someone else. I don't even like being told something that I perceive as negative about myself because I'm human. I'm human. And it is absolutely natural to have those feelings. But I've also started telling myself in my head when I start to feel those feelings is like self we can process this later but let's listen to what he is saying to us because when i sit with the things that he tells me when i sit with him saying that i was mean to somebody or i was mean to him or you know that there's something i'm doing that's frustrating him when i sit with that then i can process it. And yeah, at the time I can be upset and sometimes I get a little upset and I try. I'm working on this. I am working on saying, okay, this is very upsetting and it's very hurtful and I don't like it, but I'm listening. And then when I go sit with it, I decide, okay, is he right? Is what he is saying something that is coming from a place of love? Is he trying to help me? Is there a different way that I can handle these situations and I use it um, to better myself as a human? And sometimes I just disagree. I'm just like, okay, that is your perspective and you're allowed to have it, but that's not how I feel about it. And so my point in sharing that story is to say that, yes, when people call you out on stuff, or when you tell someone else that you don't have space to listen to them or that you're not emotionally available right now, yeah, they might get pissed because they're already angry. They're already in a state of venting. But two things, and some of your moms or families or grandmas might have said this to you when you were a kid, but the thing is, if they really care about you, once they are outside of that immediate stage of feeling anger and feeling the emotion that is consuming them at that moment, they will stop. If they care about you, they'll stop and they'll deal with it. And they'll say, okay, clearly this is a boundary for this person and I respect it. Because the thing is, people that don't respect your boundaries don't belong in your life. They just don't. I've I've seen these amazing quotes passing all over Instagram and Facebook and the social medias that say that the only people who are going to resent you or be angry with you for having and holding boundaries are people that are profiting off your not having 
boundaries. I am just a huge, huge proponent of being honest with each other. And not to a point that's deliberately hurtful. Like, hey, that dress makes your ass look fat. That's your own perspective. Keep that stuff to yourself. You don't need to tell someone else that. That's my opinion. But but you don't. But the thing is, and I say the thing is a lot, a lot, like someone count for me. How many times did she say the thing is? But there it is one more time. The thing is that we are human. We have a plethora of emotions and none of them are wrong. You know, they're not wrong. They're what we're feeling. It's how we process them. It's how we respond to others while we're processing them that is positive or negative. It's how we make ourselves feel, how we make others feel. So if I can say anything, it's in in summation, it's this. Yeah, it is great to process those negative emotions and those hard emotions and to get those out to unblock the flow to knock the those those free renters out of your head and believe in your own worth but we also have to really truly allow people to feel their emotions by not coming at them with this bullcrap of i always look on the positive side in response to their expression of a perceived negative emotion. If you're not in a place to help them or listen to them, be honest about that. I don't have the emotional space to be here the way you need me to be. Is there someone else you could talk to? Or listen to them. If you do have the emotional space, listen to them. Hey, I get it. You're feeling frustrated, upset, hurt, pissed off. I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm sorry that this happened to you. That sucks. What can I do to help? How can I help? That's what we need to do instead of just blasting people with these sunshine enemas. Let's embrace the fact that we're human and we're just freaking full of emotions. And that's okay. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out my website, www.conksbrain.com, or follow me on Facebook and Instagram at I am Deidre Conky. Until next time, don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share the love. <laughs>